Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. We can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. All right, let's crack in because SCNZ has been so proud to bring you the Women's Cricket World Cup. Uh, It's been a fantastic tournament. Don't necessarily need to relitigate how the White Ferns went. We've kind of a bit past that. It was disappointing. But the tournament as a whole and the standard of cricket, I think, has exceeded expectations across the board. England yesterday, well, they were emphatic. A slow start to the tournament, but now reeling off what would have to be close to six wins in a row, I think. They are the serious form horse. But then you look at Australia, who have been dominant from woe to go. And Sunday's final, which will be live on SCNZ, is an absolute stonker. Rebecca Rolls is a fantastic analyst of the game, of course, played in 2000 in that famous day for New Zealand. She's on the line with us now. Morning, Rebecca. Thanks for your time early on a Friday. No problem. Great to have you on the show. And I look, we, I, I mean it. I've loved this tournament, and I think a lot of punters have. As someone that's had a life involved with women's cricket and cricket, have you been proud to see the standard played? Oh, totally. Like, as a cricket geek, every game has given me something I've been really, really surprised about and impressed with, and I never thought I'd see, to be honest. Well, certainly not uh, at the moment, maybe in a few years, but every team's produced that, at least one or two little pieces of brilliance and little pieces of kind of, like know, theatre that has captured everyone's heart, and there's been something in it for everyone every game. Ata Monaho, Rebecca, let's get to it, the final. Who you, who you picking and why? Well, I have to pick Australia, um, and that that feels a bit uncomfortable coming out from now. Yes, it does. I mean, you have to. They're unbeaten. Um, they're a class side. They, you know, have talent all the way down the batting order. And and to be honest, people who haven't even bowled yet who probably could. So um, yeah, it's very very hard to go past them. And but then it's also hard not to have a bit of a soft spot for England. I mean, they dropped their first three as you sort of talked about, and they they had a very very uh, average start. But you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish, and they've certainly nailed that one so far. Yeah, they they right are getting to the top of the gallop at the right time, aren't they? But so you've got the you've got the team surging, but then you've got the team that hasn't faltered and has been super consistent. So it's kind of like the two methods you often see of teams that do make finals and they're going head to head. You talk about the depth in Australia. Where does that come from? Is it just the standard domestically that they play it that everyone that's on the field is capable of performing in the big moments? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's also, I don't think, necessarily a coincidence that the two sort of sides we're, we're going to be watching in the final uh, have been professional for longer than others, and that certainly helps. And what that creates is a really good domestic competition, as you just described. But um, it also means players can play for longer, so the competition stays hot for longer. And, you know, we're, we're looking at some of their stars, Meg Learning, Alyssa Healy, Elise Perry. You know, those guys are in their early 30s, I think just turned 30, Meg Learning. So you've got probably at least another five years of her to enjoy. And then in the meantime, you know, you've got the Talia McGraths and um, Alana King, Amanda J. Wellington. You know, there's, there's a lot to look forward to, as well as probably, you know, there's got Taylor Valimic, Georgia Wareham, Sophie Molyneux injured and not even travelling with the side. So that depth is, is so important, and, and we've seen it here, and we saw it in 2020, uh, the T20 World Cup that they hosted. So, yeah, I mean, that is a massive part of it. And the domestic competition, I think, in any country is key mm. and uh, it's such a good breeding ground. And, and you've seen it in the Australian men's game for, for decades now too. So can we bridge that gap, Rebecca, you think, with the domestic game that's in Australia not having one, like a significant one here in New Zealand, do we? Can we bridge that gap um, towards the next World Cup? What, what are your thoughts on that and what, what do we need to do as a country to make sure that we're, we're peaking um, for the next one? Yeah, I do really think we can project that, Tony. It's, um, I mean, when we won in 2000, not wanting to dust off that old one, but we had a really strong <laughs> competition then. But you didn't have the international franchise opportunities that you have now. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually just, you know, the good old story that you'd apply in any sport. You have to look to the future, invest in those pathways and in a domestic scene. Um, you know, in, in cricket in New Zealand, we've had some really successful times with the a series that we've run, um, the men have that, and you know I think the, that'll be a good step for the women. But also, um, you know, within the major associations, developing in their high performance areas. So yes, absolutely we can. Um, I think hopefully there's a bit of a, a legacy from this World Cup that gets more players in, and we might start to see that, you know, sort of a bit further out. But um, it, it's certainly something that um, I think will be a focus of the next five, five or ten years. We spoke to we spoke to Debbie Hockley about the chicken and egg nature of just that, and <laughs> trying to, I guess, empower our own competition by having our great, you know, our top liners, Sophie Devines, Amy Satterthwaite, Leah Tahu, who's here in uh, New Zealand. But then also them needing to go offshore. If you look at the men's side of thing, look at the IPL at the moment, the ODI side we're fielding against the Netherlands. There's that depth. There's that second tier of players underneath them. So you kind of need to facilitate both. How hard is it to find that balance? Do you think? I think it's something that probably evolves a little bit naturally. I mean, Debbie's right. You you want your best players playing in your domestic competition to make it strong, but there's nothing wrong with those players. You know, the high quality ones being not even necessarily those those big dogs that you just talked about. I mean, they, they are always going to be chasing opportunities overseas, and so they should. It just means the opportunities are greater for the next year, and and you do need those numbers to fill those spots. But if I look across the Super Smash uh, competition, for example, our T20 competition uh, over the last two or three years. I definitely think we're seeing some of those people who've really, you know, really excelled in, at that level. And, and same with the Halliburton Johnson. You know, there are some big runs being scored there now. So I, I think we're on the right track. And, and in terms of can you find a balance? Absolutely. And, and you will still have the games where those players come back. As do, you know, we see that in the men's side, and, and that sometimes means some really great players miss out, which is a bit, um, <laughs> it's a bit hard for them to swallow. But I think it means we're in a good place. And I guess these are all the questions for the whoever takes over as head coach to navigate and, and what the the makeup of their squad looks like from um, tour or series to series. Back to this current World Cup. So England, you're right, they are starting to peak at the right time. 
if they were to rattle Australia and find a, a weakness isn't really the right word because I don't know if they have one, but if England were going to get their claws into them, what part of the game would it be, do you think, Rebecca? Well, I, I mean, I look at those two semi-finals, both massively one-sided. You get two, England and Australia almost had an identical run-in. They had an opener score, 129, you know. They lost the toss and they were put in and, and you know, I think we saw a lot of strength. But for England, I mean, Sophie, Devo- uh, sorry, Sophie Eagleston got six wickets yesterday. She's a, a player of the future. And because of what she brings with her, her, her spinner, it's something people haven't seen before. So I, I think England's best chance is probably, you know, really getting into that top order, maybe even bring her on a bit earlier, depending on how the pitch looks. But, um, you know, rattling them, getting that middle order in who haven't seen much yet, though, you know, they're, they're very, very good. So you still got to get them out too. That's possibly uh, you know one of the best chances, and then it really is going to depend on on the batting order, which I think you still haven't seen the best of Heather Knight and Nat Siver, who are hugely dangerous. Tammy Beaumont again. So um, for me, it, it's probably about those early plays and winning winning those early moments, and making sure they don't you know squander any chances. So there is upside there from England, and, and that'll be a positive for uh, any fans watching. Hey, what about the crowds, the atmosphere around this tournament? What's it been like? And on Sunday, do you reckon there can be a bit of a festival atmosphere? And I know that it's kind of been an in-between COVID stage for the tournament, but coming out the other side, have you really have you felt a good energy around it? Oh, totally. I've been a complete cricket groupie and been at most of the <laughs> New Zealand games and, and certainly the ones since nice. then. But yeah, it's been really, really amazing, and people have come out in their droves to support. And, and having been to a couple of games where New Zealand weren't involved, and, and that sort of t- coinciding with having the crowd restrictions lifted, like it, the Basin Reserve yesterday or the other day looked really, really good, and Hagley is looking good, you know, no matter what. So absolutely, I think there's, there can be some uh, something in it for everyone. I mean, these two teams, other than us in 2000, are the only ones who've won this title, and yet they haven't played since 1988. They haven't played each other. So there's, there's, and you know, the old Ashes rivalry that never dies. So I think there's, um, there's plenty to look forward to in this final. And how good was that game you guys got to play down there in Christchurch against the, a future team? I think it was at the Willows, <laughs> the Willows Eleven. How did you enjoy that oh, dusting off the old that, kit? I saw, I saw oh. the footage. I saw it, and I thought, gee, some, some of these women are pretty sharp. Still, did you enjoy getting the kit on? Uh, well, I paid for it very, very dearly for two or three days afterwards. I could hardly move, which is my penance. But yeah, absolutely, it was it was an amazing day. It was really good to see some of the um, the girls I used to play with and against, um, you know, turn out for them and have that banter rolling. But but mainly watching the, the schoolgirls play, there was a great team from Canterbury with a few from Wellington sprinkled in there, and their skill level and their passion and the way they approached the game. For me, that you know, for an old lady like me, that was really, really encouraging. <laughs> and, you know, just so much fun. And, and then it got really competitive. And it got down to the last over, and then you know, all bets were off. Oh, that's awesome! That's so cool. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Uh, enjoy the final on Sunday. I think we're, you, you've kind of lead, leading leading us into Australia, but England will fight tooth and nail. Is that about right? Yeah, I think so. It'll be a good game, though. Awesome. All right. Cheers, Rebecca. See you later. Bye. Rebecca Rolls, wicketkeeper in 2000, the Cricket World Cup winning team. I think, Kempi, that's for me, it's been the tournament, putting the Whitefords performance to the side, seeing the country and young men, especially young women, rally around the tournament. That's yeah, been epic. 100%. And just the passion she had in her, in her interview with us just then about um, everything cricket, women's cricket. Oh, look, I love it. I, I think the point she makes about that we can do it if we if we sort, um, sort the pathways out and we can get back to the final is really refreshing to hear. I think it's exa- exactly what I was uh, thinking. 
pathways. It was kind of a similar to similar risk to our conversation about rugby league yesterday. Again, it's you can't perform at that very elite level unless you've got that structure underneath you. And you've seen that with Australia and England, the teams that have made the final double eight, double three, but oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. The Cricket World Cup as a whole. Run your eye over it and give us your take. Whether you want to uh, talk about the White Ferns, their participation, whether you want to talk about you've been to the game, you've seen it, you've heard it on SENZ. In general, what were your expectations and now what do you feel about the tournament as we head into the final on Sunday? Come through on 0800 150 811. I would love to hear from you in a second. Geordie Barrett's playing second 5-8 this weekend. I want to pick Kempe's brain about that. We don't have Izzy to do a bomb squad. He's got COVID. Baz is over in India. Kolkata, they'll be playing again soon. I know they won't be too, feeling too bad after their loss yesterday. But Geordie Barrett and Women's Cricket World Cup, what have you made of it? Coming up after this, we're here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day, 17 past 7. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.